We're in the midst of a series that we've planned all along uh, for a while now that we're going to do this series called All I Want for Christmas, talking about the things that we really need in life. Not the gifts under the tree, but the things we really need. And we talked about hope and we talked about joy. Well, today is All I Want for Christmas is Love. All I want for Christmas is love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. All we need is love. And what's crazy about that is even those that aren't followers of Jesus recognize that love is the most important thing we can find. Acceptance, relationship, real unconditional Love. I find it interesting that one of the most popular shows at this time of year, one of the most popular movies this time of year, comes from a book written by a man that is known for his literacy campaigns and trying to get children to read. And it's the book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What's interesting about that book is that when you read it just in its book form, you get to the end and it is that kind of thing. Or you think about the original cartoon that played every year when I was growing up on CBS in my hometown. And there is that part that says, and his heart grew three sizes that day. Because what happened to change him was he understood And knew what it meant to give love. John 3.16 and 17 say. For God so loved the world. Or in the new Christian standard. God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish. But have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. I just want to show you a few things about the love of God in this passage that makes us understand how much He cares for us. And the first thing that I see in this passage is that the love of God is proactive. He was the one that took the first step. He is the one that came to us. We could not in our own way go to Him, so He came to us. It says, for God loved the world in this way that He sent. He did something. He is not a God who is up there on His own, by Himself, not doing anything, watching the world go by, wondering how we're going to get by. He is intimately involved in the relations that we have on this earth, in the situations that that we find ourselves in on this earth and he stepped out of heaven, took a step and came towards us when we could not come for ourselves. While we were weak, while we were sinners, while we were unable, God sent. When you think about the time frame that this was written in and the ancient Near East and the way they thought of their gods, it was just completely different for the way we understand the one true God from the way everyone else understood their gods. In everyone else's kind of worldviews of that time, the humans were the casualties in the wars of the gods. I saw this coming week. Uh, Disney Plus has got a new show based on the books called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And our kids, uh, my kids, have read that going into sixth grade as a part of T.W. Hunter's sixth grade summer reading program. And I 
generally books that my kids are going to read, I read to try to help them understand it or just to see what is in there. If you've read those books, it's just a retelling of the classic Greek and Roman myths about gods that are warring with each other and the humans are the casualties. In this understanding, it's not that we are the casualties, we are the cause. God comes for us. True love is not passive. It's proactive. In your relationship even with your spouse or your kids, true love is proactive in seeking their best and protecting them and doing what you can. And it tells us in this passage that God sent. We also see in this passage not only is God's love proactive, it is unconditional. We don't have to do anything to be worthy of the love of God. Because if we did, we wouldn't be. When I think about my life. When I think of the number of times that I've failed and the number of mistakes that I've made. I think about the words that fly out of my mouth that shouldn't and the thoughts that run through that aren't pleasing to the Lord. I wonder how in the world God could love me and yet it is in black and white or in some of your Bibles red. Because Jesus spoke the words. His love is unconditional. It's not based on how good you are or how awesome you are. In fact, it is for all people. He doesn't come with a list of demands that if you follow this, He comes seeking you. He makes a covenant with us, a promise with us, and then tells us basically that the only one that's going to keep it is Him, and that's enough. God's love is proactive. It is unconditional. God's love is inclusive. For God so loved the world. The idea behind that phrase, the world, is not just the physical world, obviously, and not even just the people that are here, but the system of the world, the, the people that are around the world. He doesn't love what the world has become. He doesn't love what has happened to our world, but he loves us and the world, the number of people that are around the world, the nearly 8 billion people that live on this earth at this time. Every single one of us. I remember that first Brazil trip. I've been thinking a lot about Brazil with what happened with my father-in-law. Lots of people. By the way, um, I think one of the cool things that's going to happen tonight at the funeral is that they're asking anyone that's coming to the funeral that has been to Brazil and you have the t-shirt to wear the Brazil t-shirt. And they're going to sit together as a testimony to his work there. I think back to my first Brazil um, trip. We were working in an orphanage. And there was a little girl there by the name of Isabella. And Isabella was a prankster. And about midway through the week, I asked one of the people, through an interpreter, how did Isabella get here? And they said, oh, oh, sad story. They said, someone found her in a trash can in the street. 
and they brought her to us. And I said, how do you handle that with them? How do you teach them there? And they said, we just tell them the truth. God loves you like everyone else. God's love is for all people, for anyone that would receive the love of the Lord. God's love is proactive. God's love is unconditional. It's inclusive. And God's love is sacrificial. He is a God who gives. The author of John 3.16 also wrote 1 John. And in 1 John it tells us that God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent. Does it sound a little bit similar to what we just read? It's because it's the same guy, right? God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Aren't you glad that true, real love is not based on human love? Anybody here ever hurt someone, disappointed someone that you loved? Yeah? I'm good to see half of us have. I'm glad the other half haven't, apparently. No, we all have, right? Because it's weak and it's not right. And, and even our concepts of love. I don't, know if, I don't know if this is true for you, but there's a channel in my house that doesn't get played very often for 11 months of the year. But during the month of December, Hallmark makes its way into our television. I don't know how it happens. It just appears. I don't know if they're on the air the other. I think they are showing Christmas movies the other 11 months as well. I know they have Christmas in July and March and April and I don't know. But if you watch some of those love stories that are there, because they're all Christmas love stories, you just think, man, I am glad that is not God's concept of what true love is. Can I get an amen I don't care how many New York executives move back to their small hometown and discover that they really love the guy they knew in high school, right? I don't care how many times that happens. That's not true, unconditional love. Because real love is not just emotional feels. Real love involves sacrifice. And you're willing to do whatever you can for the people in your life. Love consists in this. He loved us and sent His Son to us. To pay for our sins. And then here's the last one. God's love is eternal. For whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but but through Him we might have eternal life. Forever and ever and ever. Amen. On Thursday, as we, as a family, were gathered around 
the bed of a spiritual giant for many, including us. But more than that, our family gathered around the patriarch of the family. We began to think about what was going on with him as he was passing from here to there. And the faces that he was seeing, my mother-in-law, Marilyn, his dad who died when he was a teenager, friends that have stood beside him in Brazil, numerous people that he's done their funeral for waiting for him, people from this church that loved him. And I just thought at some point, how in the world does anybody do what we're doing right now without the promise of eternity? I mean, there was weeping in that room, but we grieve not as those who have no hope. We grieve as those who know that someday I'm going to see his arms spread wide. And right now he is quizzing biblical characters right and left. And he ain't afraid to walk up to any one of them. Because I've seen him walk up to people that most of us wouldn't walk up to in the midst of places. He once, he once accosted Vince Gill and Amy Grant in the airport to take care of his daughter and son-in-law that are going to be flying on the same plane as him. Now, listen, they flew in first class and we did not. They didn't have anything to do with us and they made sure they avoided us the whole flight. Because who was that crazy man in the airport, right? So I'm sure by now he has wrestled Paul or Peter or somebody to have a conversation. One of the things I remember, and it was a member of a church in, in Ripley that told me. They were closing in on death and I said, are you ready? And they say, I become more ready every day because there are more people there I can't wait to see. And I've got another one. And I can't wait. We've lost two my family in six months. And every day is a day closer to seeing them again. Because God so loved the world that he gave his most precious gift for us. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I don't have anything else to tell you, but man, you are missing it. To make it through moments like this, to stand firm and proclaim the truth of the gospel that we know to be true, and to have a hope and a future that is secure. I mean, I say at funerals all the time, I know they're going to heaven, and I do, but there ain't any doubt in my mind about Phil Jab. And I look forward to the day, as First Thessalonians described, when at that great big family reunion at the sky, we get to see each other again. And that's only because of Jesus. Do you know him? Have you accepted his love? Have you accepted him as your savior? Because if not, there's no better day than today. What do we do with this love? It's simple. We just love God and we love people. That's what he tells us. I mean, people know John 3.16 First John 3.16 tells us because of the love he has for us, because of what is there, we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. 
church, what do we do with the love of God? Well, we accept the love of God, we live in it, and then we give it to other people. Each other and missions here and around the world. That's why I love David Extravagant Giving. That's why Phil would ask me every year, how much to get? Because it's about taking the gospel to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Praise be to God. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of response. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to respond. And I'm going to tell you something. During the response time, I'm not going to be here. Because I'm supposed to be in Jackson in about two hours and ten minutes. Noah's going to be down front. He'd love to talk to you, man. If you've got a question about salvation, you want to know about Jesus, man, Noah would love to talk to you. This is also the time we're bringing our offering, our day of extravagance. Just put it. On the edges, if you haven't given online, you can give online, sit in your seat right where you are and scan or ask Noah afterwards or somebody after, how do I do that? We can make sure you get that. You can bring it to the office this week. But man, give sacrificially for the sake of the kingdom of God and the glory of his name. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to respond. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you and for your love and for your son and for your sacrifice. And we pray, Lord, first of all, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that now would be the time. We pray, Lord, that you would burden their heart. Lord, I pray if there are people here that have friends, that have neighbors, that have loved ones, we all do, Lord, that don't know you, that, Lord, you would burn into us a desire to see them come to know you. That you'll make us the evangelist that described John 3.16 to them. Although we pray in these moments that you would bless the offering that is coming for the work that is going for the people that are taking your gospel to the nations and to the hurting. Though we pray that in all of this Your name will be the name that is lifted high. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.